The Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast is proudly presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook by using promo code RTRS and brought to you by BodyBio. Get 20% off anything at BodyBio.com with code Mike's Tummy. Big Barker Therapeutic Dog Beds. Get yours at BigBarker.com slash Ricky. And Stateside Urban Craft Vodka, the official sponsor of the Corner 3 newsletter with Zoe. StatesideVodka.com. Subscribe to the newsletter at rightstorickysanchez.com slash newsletter. On the show today, it's media day. We'll go through some of the best quotes from today's media day as the Sixers ship off to training camp in Colorado. Drew Holiday goes to the Celtics. Everyone has a bit of a meltdown. Reggie Bullock still available, right? Nobody signed him yet. And Malcolm Brogdon, perhaps available. We'll talk about that as well. YouTube, we are 200 subscribers away from 12,000. If we do not get to 12,000 by the time the season starts, CJ gets a beatdown, a literal physical beatdown. Sorry, CJ. It's just how it is. Subscribe on YouTube. Stateside Urban Craft Vodka is the maker of the Surfside Iced Tea and Vodka. Mike, it's sweeping the nation. I think it's fair to say. Stateside started with us, just little tiny local distillery. And now we did it. We, we made, <laughs> I was in there saying like, add vodka. And they did. did it. They did it. I've said this. People say, well, why? There's, you know, there's a lot of iced tea and vodka, you know, I, I boozy drinks like that on the, the market. Why does the Surfside, why does it succeed so much? Because it just tastes better. It simply tastes better. It's a hundred calories. It's the right amount of sweetness. It uh, And there's no carbonation because iced tea should not have bubbles. They have all different flavors of Surfside. There's regular iced tea and vodka, iced tea, lemonade and vodka, lemonade and vodka, and the peach tea and vodka. Just go to statesidevodka.com and you can get one of those variety packs, but you got to be 21. The Philly Music Fest is October 11th at World Cafe Live. The headliners are friends at Marion Hill, at Marion Hill. Our friends, Marion Hill, Sam and Jeremy. Saturn is on the show. Trap Rabbit, Ryan Gilfillian, Julia Pratt, Sophie Corin. You can get tickets at the link in the description of this podcast. All the ticket sales revenue goes to the Philadelphia Music Educators. An awesome cause. And speaking of Marion Hill, they covered Amos and the show. We were right, y'all. We were right. Even when it went wrong, we were right. We were right, y'all. We were right. So say the name. We were right, y'all. We were right. Even when it went wrong, we were right. We were right, y'all. We were right. So say the name. So say the name. So say. Welcome to the Right Streaky Sanchez podcast. I'm Spike Eskin, along with a guy who is the basketball podcast version of Toy Story. I just realized that is one Mike Levin. We're here. Sort of like here the again. opposite of Toy Story. Uh, what's the opposite of Toy Story? Well, Toy Story, the toys wake up when everybody leaves. Oh, yeah. What I said in the in the felt in the, Yes. In the felt turn. Yes. I'm the opposite of, I'm a human man who falls asleep. <laughs> when people aren't aren't watching. <laughs> if you don't watch me, I'm not I'm not doing anything. I shut down. 
Here we are again. Media day has begun. Training camp starts Tuesday. <clears throat> Mike, I was wondering if I could start off the podcast with a bit of a statement. I like, and I want you to ask me permission before you say anything. Yeah. So thank you for, yes. Yes. Okay. Well, it's our podcast. So if I have something to say, I feel like I should, you know, ask for the stage for a moment. I had a long drive today. I had to drive to Long Island and drive back from Long Island. It's might as well be a million miles away, Long Island. You think Long Island's right next to New York City? It's not. It's fucking far. Anyway, I on my drive back, which was almost three hours long, I listened to Sixers Media Day because I didn't know how much time I would have when I got home to read all the quotes. So I, you know, put the stream on and I listened to it all the way back. And I listened to the first five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 25 minutes, 30 minutes. And my response to it is this, fuck James Harden from here to eternity. Fuck him all the way to Mars, fuck him to Jupiter, fuck him to the moon, fuck him to the sun. Fuck this guy for making media day for the second year in a row. It is the second year in a row? No, third year. No, second, two out of three years right? All anyone is asking questions about, and I don't begrudge the reporters for it because they have to ask these questions, but the general manager and the coach and the players all have to answer questions about a player who is healthy, under contract, being paid almost $40 million, but decided because he's a big baby who doesn't want to face the fact that he failed so massively that nobody wants him won't come to camp and just play basketball, the literal job he he has that he is contracted to do because he wants to be traded to one specific place after he opted into his contract. Dude, fuck this guy. Fuck you, man. Like the, the failures in two consecutive playoffs when he disappeared against Miami. I want to be clear. This guy two years ago, didn't just fail against Miami. He quit. He literally quit. I was watching it. He didn't want to win the game. He wanted no parts of it. And then in game six and game seven against Boston, he did the exact same thing. He ran, not the only guilty one, but ran and he hit. He ran and hid. He wanted no parts of it. It was as bad as a player of his level could possibly play in a, in a position like that. He was horrible and he had an opportunity to leave and never come back here again, not play with Embiid, not play, not play for Daryl Morey, not be part of Philadelphia, not be part of Doc Rivers. He could have just walked away, but instead he opted in and demanded a trade to a specific place because no one wanted to pay him the money that he wanted. It, it's honestly, it's so fucking annoying that we can't just sit there and listen to them answer benign questions about what they worked on in the off season. That like 75% of it, it's so annoying that like, if maybe Daryl Morey would have had a failure of an off season without the, the Harden thing. And the, the press could ask him about his failure of an off season or could ask Nick Nurse only about what is going to happen on the court, not what's going to happen if, if this the, the second highest paid player on the team shows up or doesn't show up. The same with Tyrese Maxey. The, the fucking guy has done everything asked of him as a young player. Great attitude, great play, got better in a way we could have never expected. But the first four questions are, well, what's it going to be like if, if a guy just decides not to come? 
it's just fucking so dumb. And I, I'm so over talking about this dipshit. Dude, either come to camp and play basketball or, or say they can trade you wherever they want to trade you. I just don't want to hear his fucking name anymore. I'm just so sick of media day being ruined by bullshit like this. I want to hear them talk about nothing. I want to see them make some goofy smile and, and laugh about something or, or tell some story. And instead, it's just like, you got to ask Tobias Harris, what happens if James Harden isn't there? Who the fuck cares? Ah. I'm sorry. I just couldn't take it. I, no, I mean, we've done this all off season. Yeah. And just with kind of the same points and different words. He's, he's just a dick. He's being such a dick. And yes. He's been a dick at so many different places that has alienated so many different people. And he's no longer good enough to be this much of a dick. He thinks he is, but look around. If you were good enough to be this much of a dick, you'd be gone. You wouldn't have picked up your fucking option. Five years ago, people would have moved heaven and earth to hear that James Harden is available. He wouldn't have picked up his option. He would have declined it. He would have gotten a big fat contract. Teams would have like sold future firsts to clear cap space to go get him. They're not doing that anymore. And it's not because he sacrificed so much last season with Joel Embiid and allowed him, Joel, who also, by the way, allowed Harden to have one of the most efficient seasons of his career because he played with another guy who is better than him. That helped for a while. Now he's just not going to get any of the money that he thinks he's going to get next season, whether he's in the league or out of the league, or takes his ball and going home. Uh, and he's just making everything incredibly unpleasant for everybody. The Sixers players are being very kind and they saying are. that they want him back and we'd love to have him and he's our brother and I'm staying out of it. Danny Green said he's Switzerland. Welcome back, Danny. <laughs> but it's just like Daryl answers it and tries to be like an, an adult about this shit. And it's just like, dude... You've done this too many goddamn places. You've not had nearly enough playoff success. You are going to be out of the league in the next couple of years at best. And there's no, no one has actually any hope for him showing up and increasing his trade stocks so that they could trade him, so that someone would want him. No one has any hope. It's just like, hey, what's this shitty guy going to do? What's this shitty guy going to do? Is, is shitty guy going to show up and be like, like increasingly more shitty? Cause he's probably not going to show up and play hard and play well and, and be a good teammate, even though his teammates have been like incredibly good to him. It's just like, dude, fucking enough already, man. Like what an awful time the Sixers are having what an awful time and like in the grand scheme of things when you step back and look at the entire Joel Embiid era hopefully this is a blip just as hopefully the Ben just as the Ben Simmons trade request was relatively a blip just as the time between Brian Colangelo being uh, his burners being outed 
and the time that they officially had to let him go is now a blip. When you're in it, when you're in it, it feels like forever. It does. And we're in the forever period of this with no hope and no way out. <laughs> and Drew Holiday is now on the Celtics. And the Sixers remain the Sixers. Why are the Celtics I'm why are the Celtics Heat and Bucks like their fans upset? <laughs> like I don't really understand it. The Celtics have been good every single year. They've had like tremendous success. They've gotten to conference finals, they've gotten to the finals. They have young, good players still, and they keep remaking their team because they have assets. I'm burning through all my notes already. I'm burning through them. Burning through They're gone. Ripping through them. Just cutting it down. The Heat obviously have made the fucking finals like seven of the last eight years or whatever and had long success when it was LeBron, Wade, and Bosh. And the Bucks just won a fucking championship. Those Their fans feel anxious or angsty. Look at us. Look at us. What are we doing? What are we doing? How are we still here? Oh my God. Still made a conference finals. Every year it's a new thing. Every goddamn year it's a new thing. Everyone. And I and I know that by February or April or whenever, there's gonna be a new thing that we can't even imagine right now. We can't even conceive of it. Oh, let's get to some quotes. Okay. <laughs> Before we do, the right to Ricky Sanchez is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. You hit a note in that. It was great. You hit a note. <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> it was great. So DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner with the NFL. The NFL Going strong. Birds 4-0. I was going to build a same game parlay right here on the pod. So I'm going to say, so Eagles are four and a half point favorites over the Rams. The Bill Simmons Vegas zone. So why don't we just take Eagles minus four and a half. Here we go. Another prop. Oh, wait. Where's the player props? Ah, I didn't plan this out. First, I'll, I'll also... Get them at first to score. And then what else should I do here? Maybe. I'll be there. Oh, here we go. Game. Mike, is Mike there? Here we go. We're up to plus 450. I, I, I didn't know that will Mike be there is yeah. one of the props. And I That's know it. Right? Interesting. <laughs> it feels like insider trading if I'm telling you yes. <laughs> On the podcast. But, uh, Look, but yes. Building. Attach me to your parlay. And building a same game parlay is a lot more fun than I'm making it sound. It's actually the best part of it. Um, and I think I'm really good at it. I'm not really good at it, but I throw 10 bucks down. It doesn't really matter. It's like I put like five legs on it. It's plus 850 or something. And one of these times I'm going to hit it. I'm going to celebrate. I'm going to post the screenshot and I'm not going to post any of my lost screenshots because that's what you do. It's a lot of fun. Draft Kings Sportsbook. Hey, how about it, my Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Yes. Plus, what was it? Plus eight hundred or plus seven fifty? Eight fifty. Wow. Three and one leading the division. Wow. And they Whoa. only lost the Eagles, which is the perfect, the perfect record right now. Vegas Mike kicking ass. If you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, if you're a new customer, you use code RTRS. Bet five bucks on any game this week. Get two hundred bucks instantly in bonus bets 
All customers can take advantage of a sweetener offer every game day this October. There's also this new thing in the app with dynamic odds with the same game parlay thing, which shows the odds shift as you press, as you add things to the fucking parlay. It's pretty sweet. Anyway, get in on the game day greatness. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook Sixers app are facing now. have dy- are facing dynamic odds all season. They're <laughs> yeah. against dynamic odds for as long as I've known them. Get in on the game day greatness. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code RTRS. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets when you bet five on the NFL. That's code RTRS. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports abandoning partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Got to be 21. See show notes for details. All right. So James Harden was not there today. I thought Maury did a pretty good job of answering the hardened questions honest sometimes somebody asked him what it felt like to have somebody talk like that you talk about you like that in public and he said it hurt it he didn't like it at all here's a quote we come in every day and we feel like we're going to show a league that this is a team that can win i understand there's a lot of skepticism right now let us show you he also said that every year when they come in positively this was a try to turn it around that it didn't quite work. We come in positively. Everyone says regular season doesn't matter to the playoffs. Doesn't matter to the playoffs. Doesn't matter to the playoffs anyway. So he said this one, he's like, doesn't matter to the playoffs, right? You know, judge us then. I thought Maury overall handled the entire thing pretty professionally. Um, Nick nurse as well, who, um, who basically, gave the answers you thought he would give. And it also reminded me hearing him talk that, boy, they hired the one coach we wanted them to hire when they fired Doc Rivers. Like they got the best available coach, which I thought hearing him talk felt good as well. But what's wrong with him that he would come here? Right. What does, what sick fuck disease does he have or bad judgment or something that he would go like signing up for this workplace? Yeah, I don't know. Hopping in. Like, it's just weird because, like, I'm getting the impression from Daryl, what he says publicly, like, that he feels like Nick Nurse is a massive upgrade from Doc Rivers. Mm -hmm. And all the players, by the way, all the players basically, like, basically said, they didn't say Nick Nurse is better than Doc Rivers, but they were talking, they were very, very complimentary of Nick Nurse. And B2? (sighs) Oh. He did. He seemed even-handed because he liked Doc. Well, he did say, uh, no, he told a good story, actually. So they asked him beat about him. He said, they, they said, you know, that be, uh, I'm paraphrasing here, but they were like, you've had back and forth publicly with Nick Nurse. Yeah. What's it like? And he's like, it's been really cool. I asked him questions about why they did certain things to me. Yeah. And he was able to explain something to me about why I did this or why I did that. Um, and he said he learned from that and he enjoyed like learning those things and was positive about that as well. Yeah. And that's what we were excited about when they hired him. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting coming on the Daryl side of it, at least, because you got to figure every player in media day will compliment their coach because they For want sure. minutes. And they don't want to be like, I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, <laughs> but Daryl especially is pretty open about thinking that just coaches, coaches mostly there for vibes. Or at least like, major- that's that's what he prefers. He said it to you, you, you bring it up all the time. Like he said to you, would you rather have a coach, you asked him, would you mm-hmm. rather have a coach that like is really good at X's and O's or really good at like 
you know, relating to the players and setting up a positive environment with the players. And he said players easily. So like it feels maybe it's maybe his because the alternative is going like, well, Pat Beverly, Mo Bamba and Kelly Oubre and Philip Petrushev are going to be such massive upgrades over <laughs> George Niang, Jalen McDaniels and Shake Milton. Yeah, that uh, that that's what I'm hanging my hat on. Or if it's like, I guess the the thing I have to believe is that Nick Nurse is going to be better, so much better than Doc Rivers at trying shit in the playoffs that uh, that that they will have more success. And and I think at least on some level he's right, but I, I think not not enough to make up for the personnel gap. Joel Embiid was the first player they asked him to compare the Harden situation to the Ben Simmons situation. He said, "Just like the last time this happened." which by the way, isn't a thing you should be able to say. Mm -hmm. Just like the last time this happened, when he was on the team, he gave us a better chance to win a championship. He said that maybe the difference between Embiid or the difference between Harden and, and Maury was, quote, a misunderstanding. Tried to play politics with that. Yeah, he, what are they, they going to say? He said, Embiid said, they asked him, uh, about his commitment to Philadelphia, you know, over the next, Embiid at one point mentioned playing for the next seven years and at one point mentioned played for the next 10. He said, if every year is going to be the same thing, that doesn't put you closer to winning a championship. That gets frustrating. But I also believe it doesn't matter who's on the team. I'm always going to have a chance to win. Which when I, I love, read this quote, I thought that was like, that's stupid. That's wrong. But then you hear him say it and he's more like, yes, he's more, just like, oh, it doesn't matter. I have to be good enough to yes. be at that level. So reading it felt it was a worse feeling than, than hearing it out loud. When you hear him talk sometimes, you can hear him thinking it through as yeah. he talks it sometimes. He said, I love Philly. I've been here my whole career. If we were to win a championship, it would be for the city and for the fans. Uh, what am I? twenty? You know, that's another thing. <laughs> We got a lot of when when the Drew Holiday trade happened, people saying, like, well, Embiid should just ask out now. He should just ask out. I wouldn't blame him if he asked out right now. He's going to ask for a trade. He's going to ask for a trade. I really don't think he's asking for a trade anytime soon. I really would not worry about that. And I really don't think a Drew Holiday trade that they never had a chance of making is the breaking point for Joel Embiid, but we'll get to the holiday thing. What's cool. uh, what's anytime soon? This season, you mean? Or next season? Next two, three years? I, I, it's just two, three years is a long time. That is a really, a really long time in in NBA terms. I just he's. <laughs> can I say something awful? I, I don't think he'd want to go through the hassle of moving. <laughs> <That's interesting. laughs> Like, I look at him and he's just like, I live here though, you know? Mm -hmm. Moving sucks. You think that was that was it for Dame too? <laughs> it's part he had of already it. moved some of his stuff to Miami. You know, have. so they asked him about his tweet. He had a tweet after Drew Holiday was traded to the Celtics where he said, this offseason was fun, L-M-A-O. Mm -hmm. And they said... I actually really enjoyed this back and forth. They said, they asked him, why would you tweet that? And he said, because I thought it was fun. A lot of players got traded. This team, that team, fans got mad, fans got excited. And then the follow-up was something to the effect of, but why would you think it's fun when everybody's 
got better than you. And he said, how do you know that they're better than us? Yeah, sur- I think surpassed. Surpassed us. This is the yeah. question. Yeah. And it's like, they haven't surpassed you. They've been better for quite some time. Yep. <laughs> well, that's a good point. Right? Like they did. What surpass? <laughs> yeah. That's Who have point. we surpassed? Right. When? We haven't surpassed anyone. It's just, it is really, really hard. Look, if I was on, if I was on the podcast with somebody... You know, if I was I was texting with Michael Connor today, and if like I was on a podcast with him, I would probably take the more optimistic stance because I, I you know, just as an on balance, basically, yeah, because because MOC is, is in a very yeah, very fire, and I appreciate it. Um, <laughs> but like, the Sixers have not beaten anyone in the playoffs. They've beaten no one in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. No good teams in this era. The the Raptors after Kawhi is the are the best team that they have beaten in the playoffs, and that is embarrassing. They should feel embarrassed by that. And Joel keeps doing this thing because he's very confident in himself, where he blames injuries on it. He talks yes. about we need some good luck. He says it on the on the in media day today. And he also said he has been injured in every playoffs. Yeah, one way or another. I need so some far. luck. I've been injured every playoffs. You are not the only player that has been injured in the playoffs. Everyone is injured in the playoffs. Everybody has to fight through it. Obviously, there were some things that were that were beyond that, and some of them were acts of God or acts of Markel Fultz's shoulder or whatever the fuck. But like, I would really love to hear some self reflection about that what does you can not do involve I have to be healthy. Yeah, I have to get lucky. I would love to hear some actual self-reflection where he, instead of these reports through Ramona Shelburne or whatever the fuck, he goes, I watched Jokic in the finals last year. I've watched Giannis in the playoffs the last few years. I watched Anthony Davis, whoever, pick anybody and go, I'm realizing, thing, I, I know I was the MVP last year. I'm very proud of that. But there are so many things I have to improve on in the playoffs. I look at my stats and I go like, I shouldn't be shooting this low of a percentage from three in the playoffs. I shouldn't have more turnovers than assists in the playoffs. I would like him to say that. And how much credit he would get for saying that and owning up to it. We talked about it a lot with, with Simmons and obviously he's so far removed from reality that he's not going to do that. But like Embiid knows what people say about him and can joke around about it, but can't actually say, Hey, yeah, like I need to get better at several of these things. I've talked to Nick Nurse about the things I need to get better at. No, they're not going to like strip you of the MVP if you say all the things that you actually have to improve on. Like own the criticism of you. That is valid. And then also say, and also I'd really like to be healthy for the playoffs because that hasn't happened as much as I would like or in any real way. Um, And even in that sense, if you're saying like, I just got to be lucky, got to be lucky. Nick Nurse is going to say, I'm going to play you fucking like 45 minutes a night. So you think that's going to get you healthy for the playoffs? If it, Does Nick Nurse know that that's the thing that needs to happen? If he's going to, if he's going to play you more minutes than you've played in the past? Is that? Well, the, the other thing I would say about him consistently going to being hurt in the playoffs is that he's the one that doesn't like when people talk that, about him being hurt all the time. Yeah. Like he specifically doesn't like that. Um, you know, so I... Yeah. Maxi was, oh, also, I don't really care that much, 
but like, I, I almost don't care at all. I just don't understand. Why would you play for France in the Olympics? You're from Cameroon. You live in the United States. Either play for the U.S. or play for Cameroon. I know Cameroon might not qualify. Then play for the United States. You can't just... I'm sorry. The Olympics, you're supposed to play for the country that you either live in or you're from. There's no free agency in the fucking Olympics. It's weird. If You shouldn't play for France. That's all I like I'm saying. It. I like it. He no, speaks French. Let him fucking... Who gives a shit? <laughs> or or U.S. should fucking... Jerry, Jerry Colangelo or... Fucking Mike Shashevsky or Brad Stevens or Steve Kerr, or whoever should go like, okay, we'll give the Sixers a pick if he plays for America. Like, let's get involved <laughs> in somebody like there's dealings are happening and I want to be involved. Cut me in. Give me a goddamn pick. The NBA already took a couple away for bullshit. Maxie, Leverage, Joel. Maxi was up next. He was great. He does it. He kept promoting his podcast. I don't know if you heard that part. I did. He, he asked a question of Embiid and asked him to promote his podcast. And then he ended the presser by promoting his podcast. He said, I thought his best quote was when he was asked about his defense. And he said, someday we'll get a presser where I don't get asked about my defense. And he talked about talking to Melton all the time about defense because they're about the same size. And he made a joke about Melton not making layups, which was also very funny, but he was a joy, man. I, I watching him. It, I, I think it was like having him be asked about Harden was what set me off internally. Like, why should this guy have to answer questions about fucking James Harden? You know? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's part of the, unfortunately it's part of the job. Right. I understand well, why the no, reporters no, no. are asking I, the questions. I understand. I know it's annoying yeah. for sure. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. I, I, but, I wasn't blaming anyone no, no, except for James Harden. Um, yeah, look, Maxie, if you wanted people to listen to your podcast, you should have started a Sixers podcast 10 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> should have started it when you were 12 years old. Yeah. So you're a little late to the game and you know you just got to do it for free for a while. Yes. Do it for a while. Maybe donate some of that money to charity. This is, mm -hmm. this is the clear-cut plan that we have laid out for you. Um. Kelly Oubre, this, this one got a lot of traction. This team wins every year. I've come from teams where they have no hope. I appreciate the fan base being so hard on the team. It's night and day. Great. It's nice when he panders. And being yes. wearing a Phillies hat, didn't like it. Don't want the Sixers involved in either the Phillies <laughs> or the Eagles run. Get out of there. For the love of God, you guys are poison. But Oubre doing some, you know, dipping a toe in some light pandering, I'm, I'm happy with it. From PJ Tucker on his his Instagram post about James Harden being pro James Harden, he was like, "That guy got me free burgers. I was sweaty as shit, and he still got me free burgers." No, yeah, here's the, here's the reason I was so sweaty. Yeah, that's me having my brother's back no matter what. That aside, he has his ongoing thing, and at this point, it is what it is. Whatever happens, happens. The rest of us have to come here, go to work, and get ready to play. Yeah, the rest of us have to come here. That's right. BJ, we're all in the same boat. We're covering this team. You're playing for shit. We're all just obligated to do the thing. <laughs> you know, the, so I thought Tobias is a confounding person because we had him on the podcast and he was great. And I he am was great. I really cheering. enjoyed talking to him. Yep. I am cheering for him generally, but I do More hate dunks. watching him play basketball. Um, I don't love it, I would say. 
And he had mentioned with Harden not being in there that, and, and Nick Nurse being the coach, that we'll get to some things that we haven't seen in a while, some pick and roll with Tobias and Embiid, and maybe some post-ups from Tobias, he mentioned. So hopefully that is the only person that gets that playbook is Tobias and nobody else sees that, that playbook and it just sort of gets forgotten. It's, it's really the only reason to hope for Harden to come back. Mm. Mike. Tobias is just doing his thing, man. Yeah. He's been on the team for 75 years. He's had the richest contract in basketball since Naismith invented it. <laughs> uh we're just he's just we'll see. Eventually this contract will expire and we will <laughs> at the very least move on from this m- moment that we've been in with Tobias for so long. And I hope that for him he signs a friendly deal somewhere whether it's here or elsewhere that no longer has the 38 million dollars <laughs> yeah. stapled to his head yeah. the rice ricky <coughs> excuse me <coughs> the rice ricky sanchez is brought to you by body bio we did get a body bio voicemail mike i need you to comment on this mm-hmm. oh, mother f- i give up i give up i give up i was you know so good at this for so long and I'm just, I'm falling apart, much like the Sixers. Okay, here we go. Mike, Mike, CJ, Daryl, this is Mac. I think I figured out, listening to the Mobamba episode, and I'm realizing that you were talking about an NBA that was signed uh, for an, a commercial that uh, Mike and Mo did together. And I'm realizing that this is definitely a body bio commercial that is going to feature Mike and Mo in some kind of Toby and Bobby type of situation because that would really just be the best. I approve wholeheartedly. I know you can't confirm this because of the NDA, but know that this is highly approved. Thanks. Mike, did Body Bio make you sign a non-disclosure agreement about your commercial with Mo Bamba? No. <laughs> Um, <laughs> the influencer money I made from body bio, which was very nice. was not as, not as much as I made on this commercial. Okay. This is a, uh, you know, we love body bio local company. Mm-hmm. I, we, I, we can, I can text Mike, Mike. and yep. learn about my gut mm-hmm. right away. The company that Mo and I worked on together is not the case. <laughs> it's not. Not the case, but I like the theories. Unfortunately, uh, my gut or Mo's gut had nothing to do with uh, with this commercial. Also, I'm not in the commercial. <laughs> Let's make that very clear. I'm not going to be a, in a national commercial uh, no. for anything. I would ever. love if Body Bio filmed the commercial and then made you sign a non-disclosure agreement right. about the right. commercial. We love Body Bio. We do. Family owned, family operated, local, you know, the, the thing about supplements is that these big companies, the bigger a company is, the harder it is for them to change quickly. Body Bio is a great small company, which means as the science changes on these things, they can change quickly too. They are great, trustworthy, Elite. I love it. Your true hydration solution. The cup of the little cap full of Elite in the morning, cap full of Elite at night in your drink. It is pure electrolytes, no sugar, no added color, no added flavor, no anything. Keeps you properly hydrated. Got rid of my cramping problem. 
and gut plus the 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 pre and postbiotic that will clear your gut of the bad bacteria allowing it to create its own probiotic bacteria to get rid of the bloat to keep you regular gut plus back in stock in like 10 days very exciting here is the best part go to bodybio.com use code R- no use code mike's tummy mike's tummy all one word and you get 20% off your order, whatever you want. So go to bodybio.com, use code Mike's Tummy for 20% off your order. Bodybio, bodybio, bodybio.com. This is my favorite tweet from Media Day. This comes from Sixers Adam, who was there, our very own beat reporter. Mm-hmm. I asked Paul Reed how he was doing, and he answered me in Spanish. <laughs> Great. I asked about when he didn't know if he would be in Philly or Utah. He said it was a crazy time, and the Sixers matching the offer sheet, quote, warmed his heart. He said he went to Utah to look at their facilities. Bebo Paul says he bought a new house and a new car after receiving the contract. I love it. I wish we had heard stuff about him adding 50 inches to his vertical, but instead mm-hmm. he added 50 words of Spanish to his understanding. <laughs> I think that is uh, an interesting tact. Let's see if we get some vertical. Let's see if we get some goddamn lobs. Show me some lobs. Bamba and B-Ball. Somebody lob something. I'm honestly ready to move on from media day. Yeah. Aside from the fact that Harden didn't show up. Yeah. There's nothing. Uh, nobody there wasn't really anything. much to discuss about. We got the Duce to talk about. There was a report from Jared Greenberg of NBA TV um, where he said, while it was unclear what Harden's next steps will be, one high ranking official said that the Sixers would not be one high ranking official said that the Sixers, it doesn't say it's naturally the Sixers official official is not word for that to be. Anyway, one high-ranking official said the Sixers would not be surprised. In fact, they expect Harden to show up at some point and make it painful Ugh. for the organization. I, pa- painful and uncomfortable. Sixers fandom throughout our entire goddamn lives. Just, what, what, can I tell you this too? Yeah. The, the other Sixers players, God bless them for... That's our brother. And I actually believe they like Harden. I don't think they liked Ben, but I do. But not, no, I don't know that like all of them didn't like Ben, but I think by and large, they were like, fuck out of here. I do yeah. think they want Harden to come back and play. The players yeah. do. I think Embiid does. I think Maxi does for sure. This motherfucker showing up and being a total dickhead at camp. What disrespect for your teammates as well who have your back publicly for this bullshit that you're pulling that actually doesn't do any good for anyone. Yeah. It's it's not like there's a principled stand here. No, it's not like he's going, Hey, I'm holding out for a better contract where he says, you know, he took the qualifying offer or something because the Sixers didn't offer him enough money or something, you know, whatever it is. He willingly opted into his deal and then said, trade me to this one place for fucking whatever. And then goes, you didn't do that. I'm not showing up. And also this person's a liar. And it's like, dude, they, they just traded Dame also, to the I'm opposite of Miami. I'm not pulling out. And also he said, I'm not pulling out. <laughs> they traded Dame to Milwaukee and Dame showed up and he's like locked right. in and ready to go and happy to be there. And they figure to be one of the favorites in the East. 
and he's just not showing up and going to keep being a dickhead. Make I it. just don't fucking get, I don't have that in me. <laughs> I guess I may, it must be nice to not want or care about anybody liking you. Actually, I, th- I take that back. He does care if people he like does. him. He just doesn't actually want to work to make them like him. He just wants to give him money. And he just and wants fucking to be liked and pandered to for everything, regardless of his play on court or actions off it. He's just such a relic of a different time. Even the strip club stuff, I find it to be so, so the past. Almost caricature-like. Like, who even acts like absolute caricature. Yeah. Like, no. They have boobs other places. Yeah. (laughs) They have them. I mean, there are boobs everywhere. (laughs) I don't understand. Not from, I don't understand it. Unpleasant place to be. Sad. Uh, the people that go too often, sad. Not for me. <laughs> I just find him so like be an adult in the modern era. We live in a society. Participate. <laughs> Participate in it. <sighs> All right. The, the Drew trade. The Drew trade. Boston got Drew Holiday. They traded Robert Williams, Malcolm Brogdon, a 2024 Golden State first round pick, a 2029 Boston first round pick. So two firsts, Robert Williams, who we would both agree is a valuable player, young player, good player, hurt a lot, but still there's value there for sure. Sure. I I think it's pretty clear just looking at this, the Sixers could not have... Match oh, yeah, this, this is a better offer than the Sixers. Yeah. There's no version of them trading Maxi and a Drew trade that doesn't make any sense. Here is my big picture. Like, obviously, we didn't want the Celtics to get Drew Holiday, both from a, an emotional perspective and it makes them better. The Celtics, out for the Celtics from last year, are Grant Williams, Rob Williams, Malcolm Brogdon, Marcus Smart. Yep. In are Chris Stapps, Porzingis, and Drew Holiday. Yeah. Are the Celtics better than they were last year? I think so. I I think obviously their depth is an issue, but that is very easily something that they can acquire during the season. Yeah. It's just not hard to go out and at the deadline trade two seconds, which they are chock full of, right, for a role player that, that can help for the last couple months of the season. And it's obviously way easier to incorporate a role player at the deadline that plays its ass, plays its ass off, defends hard, hits threes, whatever, you know, screens and rolls, if you need a big, like any of those things at the deadline than it is to to incorporate a star. Uh, Which, you know, at this point, we are past media day. And the next, I mean, I guess the start of the regular season is one deadline. And then the deadline deadline is the other deadline. So the, what the Sixers are, you know, aiming for is to trade Harden mid season for a superstar type, and then go on to make a big playoff run from that, which is not a thing that happens very often. So yeah, I think they're better. I think Drew's a better player than Marcus Smart. I think he's not, not as much of a 
culture setter mm-hmm. as smart as um i th- do you think it's possible this is just projecting but like i almost think part of trading away marcus smart had to be like we need Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum to be the guy that Marcus Smart is, and it will be hard for them to be the guy that Marcus Smart is with Marcus Smart here. Like maybe. sort of like the guy willing, like the balls guy. It maybe it has to be one of the the two better players on the team. Maybe. I mean, he Marcus Smart was drafted in the same year as Embiid, and he's been on the Celtics the entire time. Um, that is a long time to be there. Yeah. To have established, you know, his his brand of basketball there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like Rob Williams. Um, I don't, I'm, I'm, I would say I'm like lower on him than most people are. Um, because I don't see him as being a real threat as an offensive player, aside from a, a rim runner and defensively while he's an incredible weak side shot blocker, he really needed Horford and Grant Williams to take on the more one-on-one matchups of whether bigs or big wings or whatever so that he could roam and just block shots. And obviously in that Celtics series, it did change the, the, the layout of the series once they put him on PJ Tucker and allowed and, and, and allowed him to roam and, and make life hard on a beat and stuff. Um, but he has, he has her all the time. Um, and yeah, Brogdon people, I, I find it interesting that Celtics fans don't like Brogdon. No one does. He's been Bucks just a, fans don't like him either. It's it's odd. I find yeah. that odd. He's I don't obviously not like he's hurt a lot. Also, that's why he fell in the draft when he did. Um, he's obviously he's an incredible shooter. Uh, he takes some time to get his shot off, but he can score in isolation. He gets to the rim. He's not that very athletic anymore. Um, I would be fine having Malcolm Brogdon on my team. But the fact that he has an additional year on his deal for $22 million, um, pro- probably is prohibitive for the Sixers actually making a trade there. And Grant Williams, I, I've always loved and think that they will miss. I, I agree on Grant Williams. And he seems like a stand-up guy, by the way. He, he had a you know, rough moment during the playoffs last year that I thought he sucked up pretty well. I don't want any part of Brogdon. I'm sorry. When every fan base that he plays for is like, you don't want this guy. It's a reason, it, it, it is surprising to me because I really liked him in Virginia. I liked him in the draft, heard about the knee issues. He's just like, he's a great catch and shoot guy, straight line driver. Like he's just, he's always been very solid. Like he's obviously not going to be anybody's top three or four players, but as a role player type, maybe they're overpaying him. Um, it's It's interesting. He's not the kind of player, like he's not, you know, Terrence Ross or Dylan Brooks or something that's just like chucking when they shouldn't. Um, I find it interesting, but you know, there's it's a different feeling when you're when you're watching your guy play every day and going, this guy is impossibly frustrating. Yeah, I, um, Sharp's <laughs> a friend of mine and Sharp's boss Ben Thompson, who is a massive Bucks fan, like was just insistent that Brogdon sucks. Uh, so you know, anyone who watches a player play all the time and just says you do not want this guy it just it makes me nervous so i would say no on brogdon for sure but yeah i mean the celtic it's it's gonna suck to see drew in boston it's, like, it's gonna be horrible one of his best moments for the sixers was in boston was hitting a big three and blowing a kiss to their crowd like i know you didn't like that team but it was a, a 
it was a fun moment, you know? And now he's going to fucking be on the Celtics. He's going to so. be really helpful. I mean, he's going to help like set the table for them. He's uh, a fine distributor while also not having to be one of the, you know, top two options there. I think him and Derek White is a fucking nasty backcourt. Um, that's just ferocious in a bunch of ways. I'm really just, if I'm a Celtics fan, I would just really not be concerned about the depth because you you can just acquire that. And then in the playoffs, you go like, okay, we're going seven or eight deep or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I think they're very good. I'd be worried about like Porzingis from an injury perspective and Horford from like a an age perspective. Um, But, and I do think they're going to miss some of those guys, but, you know, and who knows about Joe Mazzulla, but I think they're very good. I think the Bucks are very good. I think both of those teams have assets to continue improving as the year goes on. And that is just something the Sixers do not cannot have. do. Yeah. Because as Kyle Newbeck called it, which I think is a really good line, uh, the Sixers were engaged in ritualistic asset squandering for years. Well, that and is yes. They just don't have they just don't have stuff. Every time there's somebody available, they have to go. We're the only one that has heard this person is available. No one else is bidding on them. And it's just, it's because there's just not, they just gave up, they gave it all away over for years. They gave it all away for years. And, and Embiid now is saying, and he said this at media day, wants continuity. He wants to be like, look at, look at Milwaukee, look at Miami, look at Denver. And for a lot of those years in the past, you know, the Sixers, kept going all in on different players or eras. And then just with that was just more and more first round picks gone more and more, you know, young, interesting young players gone. And it feels like for now two or three years, it's been like, Hey, do you want this late first in seven years (laughs) and Jaden Springer or like an expiring contract? Like that's what they have to offer every single trade. Does does Dan House do anything for you? Also, Dan House might be starting for us. So we want to trade. <laughs> like what? They're just not, they're not competitive. It is not a comp- they have no competitive offers. Uh, because obviously you can't trade Maxi in really any in any scenario. Um well, unless so. you're you're putting yourself as unless the it makes you a, a title favorite. Yeah. I just don't think that there's a version of any trade out there in the world where you can trade Maxi and also get better because he is so relevant to their success this year. What I we said last year was like, if you want to go all in on these three years, this is before Maxi got even better last season. But if you want to go all in on these three years, you could go like, okay, Harden and Embiid is the timeline. You trade Maxi for another a wing that is at a similar timeline. That is your big chip. And you go in three years right now. But now that Harden is like so checked out, doesn't want to play. Everyone's pretending like we want him to show up like he's going to be an adult about this. You can't go like, okay, we're going to keep Harden and trade Maxi. It's just like that would be so such a detonation to the franchise for a decade if they if they were to do that. We got this voicemail about the Drew trade. 833-LICKFACE is the voicemail number. Hey, guys. David from Virginia. The Drew trade just dropped, and all of Sixers Twitter is, of course, being completely rational about it. Look, I'm simply not moved. The Sixers weren't going to beat that trade package. They were not a Drew Holiday away from winning a title. 
I mean, if we're looking at playoff performances over the last few years, we don't really need to get into it. We know how he struggled, especially in this last series where Jimmy dropped 50 on him and was humiliating him on a national stage. And then, look, the Bucks got way better, right, objectively. If you look at the Celtics, though, they traded Brogdon, Smart, Grant, and Rob for Drew and KP, and they're betting pretty much everything on KP staying healthy and being able to buy into their culture and yada, yada. I'm just not that moved. I get that this is frustrating because of the whole Harden situation, and that is definitely Daryl's fault. But what was he supposed to do here? And what has changed now from before the Dame trade? I mean, we're basically just in the same spot, and the Clippers have to decide if they are going to take Brogdon or Harden or whatever. Anyway, uh, I think it's a lot to do about nothing. Would have loved to see Drew back on the Sixers, but it just wasn't meant to be. And I don't think it materially changes anything for the team moving forward. Just wanted to hear your thoughts. Thanks, guys. Bye. Yeah, I mean, I think Boston, the, the thing that the, the material thing that changes for the Celtics is that when Jason Tatum has the ball in his hands, instead of there being like Marcus Smart, who's a really streaky to bad three point shooter, and Robert Williams, who is like hanging around the dunker spot, they can spread everybody out. Porzingis is an excellent three-point shooter. Horford is still a very good one. Drew, Derek White, Jalen Brown. like That's just a ton of offensive weapons that are capable in a number of different ways on the offensive end. And yes, Drew's had some playoff uh, failures, but he's now playing alongside better ball handlers than were there in Milwaukee. Um, The Clippers part of it is something we should talk about because the Clippers did not end up with Drew Holiday, which makes... and, And Miami did offer a a package to Portland for Drew Holiday. So it's Miami and the Clippers that are still in need of some type of guard-type person. Mm -hmm. So whether that's Brogdon and... I, It's not like Brogdon's extremely cheap. Um, And he does have another year in his contract. And he is not a similar player to Norm Powell, but like I think of a similar level. Um, and if the Clippers are not necessarily happy with Norm Powell, would they would would they go? Yes, we're going to take Malcolm Brogdon, and that's like and like you know close the book on their off season. So I think the Clippers are interesting for Harden still. I think the Heat are potentially interesting for Harden, and and I, I keep looking at the fucking Raptors, man. I cannot stop looking at the Raptors <laughs> to try to get one of those guys for Harden because they don't seem happy. Scotty Barnes talked about how. They're like everybody was so selfish last season. I saw that, and Masai was like, "Yeah, maybe we should have traded Fred at the deadline, but like we respect him too much to do that," which was strange. Um, Siakam seems to be in a similar position. I would assume that they're more likely to extend Ananobi than Siakam. Just as far as like, doesn't seem like they want to extend either of them. To be quite honest with you, or both. I don't know. It seems very. They're not. They're not behaving like a team behaves. <laughs> so right. I don't, I find it interesting. Schroeder is their point guard right now. He obviously had a really good FIBA, but like how much is that going to translate to the NBA? He's been around for a really long time. He's never played that well. Um, I would, I would just simply love to trade James Harden and PJ Tucker to the Raptors for Siakam and Otto <laughs> Porter. You're still on this. I'm never going to leave it. They have to, until they You're do something, I'm never going to leave for it. Pascal Siakam is never going to happen. That, but that's, you're saying never going to happen. Two years ago, everyone would have traded James Harden for Pascal Siakam. Two years ago, 
Love they have is different, Mike. Of, I know, but like it is not a foreign concept that someone that has been in Masai could go the the person that he was prior to those two fucking Celtics games on this team. We would like to have him on the team. Siakam is going to walk for nothing. We may as well try to do that. It is it, not. I look. I've been plenty unreasonable in the past. This is not a situation where I accept that I'm being unreasonable in in a Harden for Siakam trade. If you. I'm sure there are plenty of lists out there that would say Harden right now is a better player than Siakam. <laughs> like the ringer top 100 or whatever the fuck. There's, there's no Mike. There's just, I love you. God bless you. There's no way that's going to happen. I is, it is very strange to me that you are dismissing it out of hand. When it's not Siakam is not Steph Curry. Like it, he is a, he is a fringe star level player. Just like James Harden right now is a fringe star level player. Well, just to be clear, next year, Pascal Siakam will get a full max from somebody and James Harden could be playing in China. That's just, that's facts. I don't, I would, I don't <laughs> think Siakam's going to get a full max. He and is, I think, I think Harden is going, is doing that because of his behavior that is doing, not, not necessarily because of his on-court ability, which again, like he should have been an all-star last year. Like there, it is, look, I don't want him. I want him to be gone. I must, I don't know what, what motivates Masai and what has been going on in Toronto for a number of years. But if he decides like, yes, we need to balance this roster out and get a point guard that can help Scotty and OG and fucking Jakob Pertl, who's still there. Like culture setter. They, wait, they're, I didn't they're say culture setter. I didn't say culture setter. We haven't say culture setter. Wait, wait, I just wait, think wait. the idea of, wait, wait, wait. of well, Harden Scotty. and Siakam are being so wildly different players. So wildly apart is not ridiculous what is just not the case scotty barnes was like everyone was too selfish last year hard passes, passes so much especially at the ends of games and playoffs he wants to pass all the time he doesn't want the ball masai jerry's like you know what we gotta do <laughs> it's just not it's absolutely fundamentally not ridiculous it's james harden it's not i'm not saying Jaden springer for siakam the rights to ricky sanchez is brought to you by big barker therapeutic dog beds yay where's norman cj is he fucking there? Oh, he's in the other room. CJ's dog, Norman, sleeps on a big barker. Rebel sleeps on a big barker. Fuck Covington's couple of dogs slept on big barkers. Tobias's dog sleeps on a big barker. It's the best dog bed they fucking make. Go to bigbarker.com slash Ricky. Bigbarker.com slash Ricky. Is it a little expensive? Yes. Does it make a difference in your dog's health? Absolutely. It's engineered by experts to keep your dog healthier. The joints will be more supported because it is a real bed. It's a real mattress. Do not cheap out on this. I'm telling you, there are certain things with pets you could cheap out on. Do not cheap out on the bed. Think about what would happen if you cheaped out on your bed. Maybe you did. You wake up, you feel like shit. Creaky, back hurts, hip hurts. Maybe that's just me. No, it's a lot of people. You sleep on a bad bed, it makes a big difference. Get your dog a good bed. Go to bigbarker.com slash Ricky. You'll get the Big Barker dog bed. You'll get two processed pup patches. You send us a photo with the dog on the bed with the patches. We'll put them in the processed pup gallery. Up to 80% of dogs over 50 pounds develop arthritis as they age. Over 80%. That's crazy. I've developed arthritis. I need a good bed. Your dog needs a good bed too. And here's the great thing. Big Barker, yes. Originally designed for big dogs, now for every dog because every dog needs a good bed to sleep on. Barker Jr., tiny, XL Big Barker, very, very big. Comes with a headrest, comes with that headrest, comes all in different colors. It's the shit. 
Go to bigbarker.com slash Ricky. Get yourself the Big Barker dog bed. 10-year warranty. The foam doesn't flatten or they replace it for free. One-year at-home trial. If you don't like it, for any reason, you will get a full refund. They'll even pay for the shipping. Handmade in the USA. Big Barker dog bed. Uh, Reggie Bullock was oddly cut by the San Antonio Spurs. Very strange. Bought out by the Spurs. He seems like a playable wing. Kind of strange. We don't have very many of them. We have like a couple, maybe. I don't know. I'd rather you cut Trez and put Reggie Bullock on there, right? I guess they're not going to do it because of cap stuff, but I don't know. It's kind of weird that they cut him, but Reggie Bullock's a playable basketball player. We don't have a ton of those. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, he's fine. He's a fine two-way guy. Uh, he's a more alive version of Danny Green. Um, he shot, you know, 38% from three last year. He's, or, wait, that was 2020. Oh, wait, why does he say 2022? Is last season 2022? Yeah, 2022, 2023. Okay. Yahoo, he, he shot 2022. Okay. Last um, year, he shot 38% from three. Yeah. And so, like, he's fine. He moves pretty well. Can cover... Mostly guards or smaller wings pretty well. Um, I would be fine with it as him being like a another bench body to to throw at somebody. Um, but we're in a place where it's like, I don't know. I, I, I feel like the Sixers are at an acceptable number of fringe rotation players. That's fair. That I'm not necessarily thrilled about. I think... Aside from the starting five, let's just say Harden is there. Let's just say. Um, you have off the bench, Melton, B-Ball Paul, who might play some four, Kelly Oubre, Pat Beverly, Daniel House, Mo Bamba, who also might play some four, Jaden Springer, who might be in the rotation this year, Korkmaz, who still is there and looked... And his Korkmaz, Korkmaz has a unique ability to look upset. <laughs> Without really doing any facial expressions, but you can look at him and be like, oh, God, he's showing up again. He has to feel like, how, how is this possible? How am I still here? Um, and then Danny Green, who if he makes the team, like it's hard to imagine some coach not giving him some playing time. He's such a coach's guy. Um, so, I mean, those are all like a lot of fringe rotation players. It's not There's nobody in that list that you go like impossible that they get regular minutes so i and i I feel like reggie bullock would just kind of be added to the pile there obviously if the alternative is reggie bullock or like petrashev or harrell like yes i'm taking (laughs) reggie bullock but i'm I'm not thrilled about him we got some good emails and voicemails i want to hit a couple of the emails speaking of which sex email this time or next time go for it let's do it whoa the sex email we didn't talk about it we talked about the strip clubs i went i went anti-strip clubs so we can go sex email here Okay, before we get to the sex email, here's like a little bit of a warm up. CJ, could you go to the mailbag and there's a thing to play the video from an Instagram link. We got this a very funny email from Ben. It was after we had talked about Ramona Shelburne saying that Joel Embiid wanted to play more like in an offense, more like Nikola Jokic's offense. 
Mm-hmm. And Ben says, hi guys, long time listener, first time emailer. I just want to share this very short clip of a stand-up comedian talking about her husband wanting a threesome because it reminds me so much of Mike and Spike's reaction to Joel saying he wants to play in an offensive system like Jokic does. It made me laugh. CJ. Husband wants to have a threesome. I don't care. Man, woman, have it without me. I don't give a fuck, you know? (laughs) Every guy is always like, I want to have a threesome. It's like, oh yeah, you can't even talk to two women. Good luck. (laughs) Yeah, I'll do it. You set it up. Let's see if this ever happens. (laughs) (laughs) So far, it has not. So, (laughs) we're here. I thought that was a very funny reference. Okay, the sex email. Oh, that I was that was unrelated to the sex email. Unrelated. That was just a comedy, little comedy clip that you found funny. Yes, it was okay. a warm up to the sex. Okay. Email. Oh, got it, got it. The, and and the emailer sent in that comedy clip. Oh, okay, the email. At, did, okay, that's as a reference to Embiid wanting to play like Jokic. Got it, got it, got it. Yeah, like it's like okay, go ahead, do it, be my guest. Mm-hmm. So I should note, I'm not going to say the the. The, you can stop this email at any time. I want it to be noted. I'm not going to say this person's name, even though he didn't say not to read it, but he does sign the email Mike guy. <laughs> a, a quick shot before we get into the content of the email. They're going to color everyone's perspective as they hear whatever you're about to say. Hi, Spike, Mike, and CJ. I had a Sorry. girlfriend. No, I'm just kidding. During... I had a girlfriend during my sophomore year of college, which was the year that Ben Simmons decided that he no longer wanted to play basketball. Going into our relationship, I made it very clear that watching meaningless Sixers regular season games was a big priority of mine. I explained that I needed about two hours every other night during the fall semester devoted to Sixers basketball, and she understood. She would suggest that we go out on nights the Sixers weren't playing and oftentimes invite me over to her place to watch the games, both of which I appreciated. The problem is that the second the final buzzer sounded, she wanted all of my attention, which pretty, which probably sounds very reasonable to most men and basketball fans. But during the middle of the week, there are conveniently live Ricky pods after the meaningless regular season Sixers games. Live Ricky pods that I needed to listen to because I needed to see if Mike and I noticed the same obscure plays during the game as any true Mike guy would understand. After several instances of her seeking love, affection, or a cheesy movie on a chilly Wednesday night, only for me to quickly bring up the YouTube stream on the TV, she had enough. She drew the line in the sand. She said it's either her or the stupid fucking podcast with the stupid fucking name. If this is actually true, (laughs) I don't even know how I feel. I feel several things all at once, but I like the idea that someone is is positing a, a them or me about yes. us. And to that, I would say, not us. <laughs> Pick the other one. Almost always. I am going to change her name just to protect the innocent. So this isn't her actual name. It took every ounce of my being not to look her dead in the eye and say, say the name, Brianna. You have to say the name. In fear of losing a woman I loved, I abided by her new request. Watch the Sixers game, fine. Tune out my girlfriend for an extra hour because of the stupid podcast, not fine. For the next few months, we were closer than ever. I listened to the Ricky on my own time, and the time that I had with her, I was solely focused on her. Compromise complete. But then the Joel Embiid shot against the Raptors happened. 
As I was jumping around her apartment in celebration, I kissed her as if the clock had just struck midnight on New Year's Eve. She took this passionate kiss as my way of indicating that I wanted to have celebratory sex for Joel Embiid's career-defining moment. And quite frankly, I'd have no problem with that. But now more than ever, I needed to hear the reaction of Spike and Mike on the Ricky. My first tactic was to speed run the sex in hopes of wrapping things up before the Ricky finished the filter in. She wasn't having it. She repeatedly slowed me down and insisted on boring ass foreplay. So it was time for plan B. Maybe Mike has like work and he is watching (laughs) it on delay. So after about 10 minutes of kissy, kissy nonsense, we were both naked. (laughs) This line. I turned her over to go for some doggy. I slid my right hand into my shorts pocket, which was now strategically placed next to me in bed. No. In, in mid stroke, I put one AirPod in my right ear <laughs> and pressed play on the Licky live stream. Oh. It was the best sex of my life. Not only was I hearing an all-time Ricky reaction, but I was in the perfect medium level of distraction where I was able to keep. <laughs> I was able to keep an erection while also lasting well longer than my average performance. Wow. As you might've expected, when we finally finished up, I completely forgot about the AirPod in my ear. I reached a state where the sounds of your voices were simply a part of the sexual experience I was having. Great. And, and when I finished, I was surprised the pod didn't stop on cue. She caught me in the act knowing exactly what I was listening to before I even told her and angrily ended things on the spot. I don't know if I regret my decision. Do you guys think I was in the wrong? If she wanted to have celebratory Joel Embiid sex, then I would argue it only makes sense for the Ricky to be playing in the background, even if it's just for me. More importantly, I really missed her over the past year. and would love to give things another shot. What's the best way in going about that? Or do you think I should just move on? My first reaction and my instinct is to believe that this is 100% fake. Yes, that is my but my guess. I really don't want it to be. Well, it's and possible. And I wonder if that the human in- inclination to just go like nah. It's too good to be true or whatever. The idea that a bra- a, a relationship ended because one of them was listening to our podcast during sex after a Sixers second round game four win. <laughs> Not a series win. Wait, no, no, no. It was... Oh, the first round. It was the first, first round. round. Yeah. It was the first, a Sixers yeah. first round game four win. That is levels of depraved that I myself have not reached. And I like to think that I've reached some pretty disgusting levels of depravity with my behavior and the Sixers team. But I'm going to choose to believe it's real. And I'm going to say I side with her (laughs) by a lot. (laughs) By a lot. Uh, There it is. The sex email. I didn't think I was going to get a yes. I thought the sex email was going to be the ringer top 100. It was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. It was a lot better than I thought. it was. I turned her over for some doggy. Sure. It was, as much as that felt a little gratuitous to say, it is important 
to the story <laughs> yeah. to say that. And and while I also my gut is that it's not true. I don't know. College guys have totally fucked up priorities. It's not impossible that it's true, you know, is I guess my point. Remarkable. Yeah. Well, hope they end up together and then we can hear her side of the story <laughs> or if anybody knows who this happened to. Because if I'm the girl, I would, and, the, and I break up with this guy, mm-hmm. I would then tell all of my friends that this happened to say yep. like what a shithead this guy is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would be submitting it to like message boards of like, <laughs> of like horrible guy behavior. Um, and so if you are a person that was told about, if this really did happen, then someone who listens to the podcast has to be her friend. I and I want to hear about it from her, from her side of things. Although he, he did a pretty fair story of telling it like what happened. He wasn't hiding yeah. his behavior. No, he was he was bragging about his behavior. But I would love to hear the the other side of it. If you <laughs> imagine she turns around and he's got an AirPod in. What are you listening to? <laughs> uh, Mike is very excited <laughs> about. Uh, she does have. Three. Rob says in the chat, get her on the pod. If she would like to come on the pod, she has an open invite. Absolutely. Open invite forever. She, we need some proof that about yeah. like that this is the actual thing. But yeah, of course. Yeah. All right. Wow. Well. Two things. First of all, of course, the announcement of whether I will watch the games with Harden uh, comes Friday night at seven o'clock on all of our channels, on our social channels and YouTube. And then we're Sunday, not doing a podcast then, right? No. What's that? We're not doing a podcast. No, we're doing a podcast okay. on Sunday. Okay. Sunday after the first preseason game. That's when we will talk to you next, unless something cool happens. Can't imagine that. Well, while you're listening to this. Please let us know if you turn somebody over for some. No, no, no. <laughs> the other, the other reverse, the opposite. Uh, if you, if you were turned over, if you were turned over, and then for some dog to reveal <laughs> that someone was listening to headphones. Well, uh, I will say all this. Yeah. Can I just say? Yeah. This is the this is real for the real sickos that are still here, mm-hmm. that made it through the sex emails for, to the uh, <laughs> to the late pod analysis that sneaks in after the ridiculous, whatever poop or sex stuff we talk about. <laughs> Uh, if I was not a Sixers fan, mm-hmm. if I was not invested in this team on, on a obviously emotional, sentimental, and, you know, now financial and on every single level of my life, I'm invested in this team life and death. I should, I should add, if I wasn't that, mm-hmm. I would say it's maybe a good time to bet the Sixers. To win the East. Oh my God. I know. Are you know. listening to the tweeters? Are you are you giving them some positive stuff? If you you gotta you gotta say this late into the podcast to know, but just like so mm. much so much Celtics Bucks, the Heat just won the final. Like if Chris. if Har- look, if Daryl pulls another rabbit out of his hat, because the Simmons to for Harden trade was a rabbit out of Daryl's hat. We were mm-hmm. people were doing the thing that they're doing now. Just trade him for whatever. If he does end up with somebody, we've named thousands of people. It's really only like four people. But if he ends up with one of those guys, and then it's like somehow the Sixers are in the the two three, and the Celtics Bucks are in the one four, or something like that, and they only have to beat one team, and then there's an angle, like whatever. It's just like it's not that hard to believe. Were I not a Sixers fan, had I not known so intimately all the horrors that go into this franchise and the uh powerful 
earth setting down to the core of the earth uh, ills that prevent the Sixers from getting where they want to get. Mm -hmm. I would say that like they're not only a couple things have to happen for them to eventually win the East. And what if the odds are good, which I think they probably are good. So last time I checked, they're plus 1,500 to win the title. Let me check the East odds at DraftKings Sportsbook, our presenting sponsor. Hang on. I bet they're lower now after Boston and Milwaukee have gone up. That would be my guess as well. So the Sixers wins playoffs. Team Futures. Here we go. The Sixers are plus 1,800 to win the title. Mm-hmm. Same as the Clippers, actually. Interesting. And to win the conference, they're plus 750. The Bucks and the Celtics are both plus 180. And then the Sixers are third. Third, Okay, so it's not as good as I would like it. No, I would try those to get aren't that great down to, odds. To 900 the, or 1,000? The, the, the Heat are plus 1,300. The Cavs are plus 1,000. Well, the Heat are really a little bit fucked because they really, held, they really thought they were getting Dame. And they held out all offseason from yeah. doing anything. They let their, their whole starting backcourt walk. Imagine. Not to, and then just, offseason. they didn't get it. They didn't get the guy. Once again, Miami didn't get the guy. Pat Riley didn't get the guy. And now they're just sitting there like, what are we supposed to do? Mm -hmm. They are extremely thin. I'm interested to see what ends up. Tyler Hero is very upset because he was threatened to be traded for anybody. Um, So we'll see. But if we can get that six, if those Sixers odds can get down to maybe one, one Harden appearance in a, in a uh, preseason game where he, you know, punts the ball into the stands and then like punches a ref. Um, that was <laughs> then, one of those and then a bet little him. bit. Yeah. Then bet him. Then you, then you can get, get that bet in there. But other than that, I have no basketball allegiance. I'm very excited for the WNBA finals. It's going to be very good. I'm very excited for the Phillies Marlins playoffs. The blouses are two and one spike. The what are two and one? Oh, the, the blouses, blouses are two and one My team. Well done. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a good time for basketball if you're not a Sixers fan. Unfortunately, most of us are. We will talk to you Sunday night after the first preseason game and after the Eagles have beat the Rams. Beaten the Rams. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. Knock on wood. Are you down with TTP? Yeah. You. Like face. If you don't fuck with me, then I won't fuck with you. If you don't fuck with me, then I won't fuck with you. But if you fuck with me, I'm gonna fucking kill you! Thanks for playing me.